They say love is patient, they say love is kind Marriage on the other hand takes those things plus wine Spousing is a journey, not for the faint of heart Being married to a human is a science and an art Hey Katie! Hey Lauren! How's it going? Uh, it's another day in paradise over here in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Yeah, are you guys still snowy? Um, more like icy and slushy. It's no longer dangerous. Actually, one of my patients this morning, in a moment of beautiful gratitude, pointed out that this was the first morning that the roads were really nice and dry. And I said, well, that is a thing to be grateful for. That absolutely is a thing to be grateful yeah. for. Um, and also, yesterday morning, the drive into work in Hershey, where I work, it was just, ugh, gorgeous. Like, a winter wonderland. It was amazing. Oh, that's yeah. pretty. I mean, I will say I don't miss scraping ice off of my windshield. Uh, but you don't get that in Virginia Beach? No, I've done it like maybe twice oh. this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't. I always we don't. forget. I'm always late when I have to do that. I know. Me too. I don't yeah. miss that. But I do, like, I do sort of miss winter wonderland, like, mm. majesty. But yeah. You can, we can always drive to go see it. Like, we saw snow in Charlottesville a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's true. That's true. You know, that's all good. Yeah, and you live next to the ocean, so you have a different type of majesty near you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. How are things down near you? Oh, things are good. It's been a a nice week. We've been very on top of our business. You know, like, (laughs) is it you? Are you the one that says that marriage, you're running a small business? I'm pretty sure I am quoting you to you from Uh our podcast, which I I listen to our podcast. Do you? Yes. No, I, well, I sometimes do, but most of the time it's like listening to yourself on a voice message. Like it just makes me self-conscious, but, um, (laughs) more than once somebody has quoted me to me and I've been like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm really glad you brought that up because, um, we were at a church function this weekend and, um, oh, I found out, shout out to Lynn Haven Colony UCC, found out our pastor actually listens to, she started listening. So I told her I was going to shout her out and I was like, oh Hey, gosh. I'm not, I'm not telling you which episode that I'm going to shout you out. And so you, I have to know that you're still listening because you're not going to know. And so anyway, so, so this shouting is, out Pastor Kim. Oh my gosh. That makes me feel and, so nervous. Like a celebrity. <laughs> I know. She's what awesome. if my, what if my pastor was listening? Oh my gosh. Listen up, John. It's time yeah. to get on board. So oh gosh, anyway, so, so we're at it. Yeah, of course. So I was, at, we were at a church function and she, um, she, we were doing introductions and she was like, oh, and Lauren has a podcast that I was listening to and blah, blah, blah. And it's terrible. Just kidding. <laughs> she said. <laughs> um, but she, but Caitlin was saying she was like in line for like at the food line and somebody started talking to her about pottery and she was like, how do you know I do pottery? And they were like, oh, we heard it on the podcast. Oh, and my that, God. Like, a couple weeks ago, like, she keeps, she's like, it's weird. People keep knowing all this stuff about me. She's oh. like, my, I guess Lane texted her a couple weeks ago and was like, when did you start buying expensive hair products? And she was like, how do you know about this? Because Lane listens to the podcast. <laughs> hey, Lane. Shout out, Lane. Uh, that's my favorite thing about doing this is, like, being able to keep in touch with the people, like, being able to feel like I'm having those conversations with people that I maybe am far away from, you know? I love yeah, that. exactly. Exactly. Um, so good. Yes. You're running, you've been running your small business this week, getting a lot oh, of yes, like, we have. tasks we have. crossed off the list. Mm-hmm. We've met with a mortgage loan good. officer and a realtor and a mechanic, which that last, the, the third thing in that list is not fun. I bought a new car. And also car. not over. 
No, it's not over. I bought a new car in July. Well, like it was a 2017. And um, I bought it because I didn't want to have any big costs. I was driving like a 2009 and I was like, okay, I don't want to have any like big costs over um, like our, the next little, you know, the year where we will only have one income, blah, blah, blah. And my, of course, my car, I sold it to my brother, and it's been doing just fine, and my new car has all these issues, mm-hmm. which is very frustrating. Yep. That's how it goes, anyway, right? Yeah. Well, uh, what's the state of your union like this week? We are in a good... Oh, like, we just had a sip of something. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. What are you drinking? Oh, oh, yeah. I'm glad you asked, because... <laughs> I'm so glad you drank. <laughs> yes, I did a... Um, uh, well, actually, I didn't. Caitlin went on. I told her about the, the podcast beer situation. So she went and she got me like a six-pack of what she called podcast beers. And <laughs> they're things that I can talk about on the podcast without feeling like I'm, like, you know, Sierra Nevada and packing it. Um, so I am drinking a Superb. It's an IPA from Aleworks, which is a brewery in Williamsburg, Virginia, which is pretty uh-huh. pretty close to us. Um, it's actually like my – if ever, ever I see it on tap, I get very excited. It's one of my front runners for like favorite – local IPAs. Ooh. Yeah, and it's pretty cheap, too. I feel like a pint is usually, like, five bucks or something. Oh, yeah. that She is the cutest. Like, Caitlin, is, that is so incredibly thoughtful. I have a similar situation in that my partner was also involved in my beer selection this evening, but not in a cute way. He's super <laughs> cranky that I'm drinking his beer right now. And I'm embarrassed to say what it is. I don't I don't even want to say what it is. You know. I don't have to say it. Is it, it. a yingling? Yeah, it's a yingling. It's a, it's a liar. <laughs> I'm ashamed, but you know yeah, what? Though well. no, this is me. This is this is who I am. I drink. You are, I, if I'm drinking on a on a Thursday, it's because I'm drinking a Yingling. But I've seen left Katie over order some very. <laughs> I've seen Katie order some very fancy shit out of the bar. So I, you know, I just want to oh, like. I have pump excellent up taste. A, I'm just. You lazy. are the dirty martini girl. Oh, I love a dirty martini. We were actually just out. We were away last weekend with friends and I like they're the we went to their like family's cabin and she was like, have whatever you want in the liquor cabinet. And I was like, seriously, anything in the liquor cabinet? She was like, anything. I feel like I should make people sign contracts when they tell me that. And because I'm like, (laughs) I'll go for the good stuff. Um, Yeah. You just fair warning. So right. I was making myself dirty mart, and they also had a whole bunch of fancy olives in the fridge. Oh, so I was yes. making myself super dirty martinis. Ugh, was your so vacation good. to heaven? Um, it was heaven. to the most beautiful little town in Pennsylvania called Eaglesmere, which is like this. I mean, the population is under two hundred during the off season, which is the winter time. But our friends have a cabin there, and we had the most incredible time. It was beautiful. Wow. Yeah, it was oh, really awesome. really nice. Yeah, so, okay, well, we were talking about your state of your union, not me. Oh, oh okay, wait, I think I covered it. Oh, no, we're, we're doing no, we were. well. We're talking about, yes, I'm, okay, I'm you drink- yeah. <laughs> Have we ever yeah. done a podcast before? No, Is no, no, no. here's time? what it was. I asked you about the state of your union, and then you went to go take a sip, and then I remembered about the beer. Okay, Okay, so, so uh, my state of my union is covered, the beer is covered, your beer is covered, but we don't know about the state of your union. Okay, so, um... We, this is one of those situations, like, um, where it's just on the top of my mind, so, um, this is just the reality of being married, is that sometimes you are having one of your tense moments right before you sit down to record a podcast, so, and I thought this was a good opportunity to talk about, like, something that comes up in every relationship, which is the chronic fight thing. 
Mm-hmm. So I have been feeling, so this starts with some good news, which is that like, I've been feeling emotionally and like mentally really, really good since the beginning of the year. And I think that part of the reason for that is because I have just kind of found, I have found the sweet spot of, um, well, first of all, my environment is really healthy right now. I'm in a really healthy work environment, really healthy home environment. And also I found the sweet spot of like things to do to keep me healthy in terms of like meditation, exercising a lot, eating pretty well. Nutrition is a huge part of it for me, it turns out. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who knew sugar makes me feel bad? Um, mm. and... I don't know. That's not, that's not, nobody believes that. Yeah, I've never seen a documentary about that at all. Uh, and then medications. And med- meditation and medication. I like both things. Um, so anyway, I know that. And so in this last, one of the things that's become really important to me, and we've talked about that on this podcast, is that I it's really important to me to protect my energy. Like, protect if I recognize that I'm feeling low energy, I'll just tell myself, okay, like, I'll literally do an internal check and say, okay, how much more do I have in me? And then I will consciously and without complaining do as much as I have left in me. And then when I need to rest, I rest. And I don't consider it quitting. I consider it resting because I'll come back to it. And this to me is a super healthy mindset. That is the background to this past couple of weeks, we have been go, 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 going. My parents were in town and I've been doing this thing at the gym with my sister-in-law where I go to the gym every freaking day. And then we went out of town with our other friends and then I had a training out of town and then we had a snow day. So it's just been a wild, like 14, 15 days. Yeah. And I am somebody who generally is like a low spoon type of a person. I'm, I've realized for, I'm a, I'm an extrovert, but I'm a low spoon extrovert. So, yeah. um, cause for a while I was like confused cause I thought maybe I was becoming an introvert, but no, I think that it's just my energy is low. Drink. Drink. Mm. So I right now this week am low on spoons. I'm doing really well at work and I'm doing really well with my partner, but I'm low on spoons. This <laughs> Somebody's like, can talking you hear that? Dogs. Yes. <laughs> that is, that's so. <laughs> that's my father, thirty-year Navy vet. Go, okay. yes. Gun owner. Thank you for your service. <laughs> extremely tough and scary man. If extremely tough. Loves to talk to his uh, tiny dog in a baby voice. <laughs> Pierre. Um, yep. So anyway, <laughs> that's my favorite part of your dad. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I, Lauren lives with her, her parents, ladies and gentlemen, if yeah. you, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just in case you forgot. Um, <laughs> so this weekend we are lucky enough that we have a lot of friends who are really sweet and have a lot of things going on. And Friday night, it is one of our friend's birthdays and her husband has kind of thrown her together this little kind of like slapdash kind of last minute get together for her birthday. I happen to have it on good authority that she doesn't even want anybody to come because she told me firsthand that she doesn't even want anybody to come because <laughs> she doesn't want anybody over at her house. Um, so, and then on Saturday we have a dinner with another one of our friends, which is a rescheduled party that got snowed out previously. And that's actually like we've RSVP'd yes to that. That's kind of a big production. It's like a theme party and everything. Oh, wow. So the idea of this weekend, while it's wonderful, is kind of exhausting me already. Like I'm yeah. preemptively tired and I need to rest. So I, I know I've decided that I'm, I'm going to take it easy this weekend and not put pressure on myself. And I know that, you know, probably 
I should just, I, I need to commit to one of the two things and then take it, play it by ear with the other thing. Right. This is, this is the decision that I've made because I, that's how I'm going to be able to stay healthy and calm and happy. Right. And I think that's reasonable. Now the background to this, another background part of this is that me and Mark's chronic fight is that I don't put in enough effort to um, that I am homesick here and that I won't like it in Pennsylvania until I make friends and that I don't put in enough effort to be friends with his friends. Mm-hmm. That is like a two, is that, did I sum that up appropriately? Do you think? Yes. That's no, like I, a two and a half something. year long fight. You know about, about this, but yes. like that seems like the summary to that two and a half year long fight. And like the, the thing is, is that he's right for a really good, for, for like six months, that was exactly what was happening is that I all I ever saw was people that were not my friends mm-hmm. and I didn't put in a lot of effort because I was angry at these people because they did nothing wrong to me at all. But like, yeah. just because they simply were not you and Alex right. and you know, mm-hmm. whoever. So, but the thing is, is that things have changed and now these people are my friends and I really like some of them. And like, and actually I really like most of all of them. Like I like them. They're my friends. I enjoy hanging out with them. That's who we went out of town with last weekend. Now you have shared, shared experience and that's a huge yeah. part of friendship. Yep, absolutely. And we've had a time alone with these people and gotten to know them. And I and I have them as my friends now, individually and independently of Mark. And I love all of that. So what happened this afternoon was I brought up that I, he said, oh, we have a lot to do this weekend. And I said, oh, actually, I just want to give you a heads up. I'm just going to play it by ear this weekend. I'm already feeling really tired. My thinking was it's better to get out ahead of this than to start a big old fight tomorrow when I say, oh, by the way, no, I don't feel like going out. I'm too tired. Right. So, but immediately, and also it was maybe not great because Mark had already warned me that he wasn't feeling well. He has a stiff neck. He slept on his neck bad last night. And I don't know. Yeah. Getting old sucks. It does. And I don't know what it was like in your school today, but today is Valentine's Day and Mm -hmm. evidently children are spicy on holidays. Oh, girl. (laughs) So... and all the teachers are like, God, just get them to PE because they'll re- they'll get to rent it off. And then Mark is like, Oh God! <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know. And so, so it's just it was a tough day. Um, so immediately, and we really haven't talked about it yet. We're still in that cooling off phase. But I I know that what happened was that he, I triggered his um, that feeling of like you're not putting in enough effort. He his feeling is that it's disrespectful that if somebody invites and somebody invites you and wants you to come and cares about you that they expect you to show and which is also valid I think that that's valid Mm -hmm. I really think that's a valid point of view but truly and deeply with all of my heart I disagree that to me my priority is protecting my energy and I can't expect anyone else to do that and I have to do that and I extend that same grace to other people and I, and I expect other, and that's what I counsel my patients to do. And so, and I guess what I'm asking you is, you know me, like, I think that there is a difference between avoidance, which I am prone to, admittedly, Mm -hmm. I will admit that. And I feel like right now I really just am feeling that this actually is, I just need a rest. And what do you think about like how to approach this with him? Like how to bring that up? Like, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Or, like, how to talk about it without triggering that, that very true old sore point. Yeah. This is this is the challenge. Change. And I think the thing is, no, no. I think the thing is, you know that you're a reasonable person most of the time. And you're a 
Well, you're I'm, married. I know when I'm being unreasonable. Yeah, and you're married to a person who is reasonable most of the time. And so with entering into this with the knowledge that this is your this is your chronic fight, this is something that you are going to need to learn how to to um, tackle. I think you hit one of the nails on the head. Timing is really important. Making mm. sure that you're, you know, not yeah. getting him at the end of a work day. Or maybe yeah. even, like, addressing it, in, you know, just, like, it, in writing or something in a way, like, in an email or something, a text, and just being like, hey, I want to let you know. I'm like, really? I really am deeply considering this. I know that I have a tendency to avoid. Um, I actually think that this is what's going to be best for me and my mental health this week because I'm in a good space and want to keep it that way. Um, and it's one of those things, it's like, you're never going to so right. solve the issue, but the, the, the trimmings of the argument it, that are really important in this particular uh, case. You're so, first of all, I just remembered that I am married to a reasonable person. I had completely <laughs> forgotten until you said that. And yeah, I, it's like, easy to forget. Yeah. Because I, like, as soon as you said that, I had an image of like, what's going to happen this time tomorrow, which is going to be like, we're going to have a completely calm and like fine conversation. Right. Um, so always good to be reminded. Thank you, Lauren. Absolutely. Um, and then the other thing Listeners, that I, you are also married to reasonable people. Don't <laughs> try to forget. Yeah, true. The vast, if you try to recall the times in which your partner was reasonable, make an honest, good faith effort. It should be hopefully easy to recall. The majority of the times. Yes, <laughs> for the vast majority of the times. But the, um, the other thing that I was going to say about that is that I do think that timing is everything and that I just was, it just came out of my mouth impulsively because I, he brought it up. And so I thought, oh, this is the opportunity to say it. But I do really believe that if, like, I acknowledged, came right out and anticipated, I know that this is a hurt space for us and that this is something that we're working on. And because of that, I want to show you that I've really thought about it. Because what ended up happening in the moment is that I just put my foot down and acted kind of like like a mom. Like I was like, it's okay. Like I literally was like, okay, well you can work through however you're going to feel about this, but this is the boundary that I'm setting. Like I literally said that in that tone and I cannot imagine a more grating and irritating thing to hear yeah. from your partner. And like the fact that he didn't scream at me is like a testament to his. <laughs> but like, I, I also wouldn't have done it like that if we had had a properly constructed conversation. Right. And he that's wouldn't have reacted. Thing. I wouldn't have reacted. Yeah. That's why this is your, like, that's why this is the chronic argument. Because if you were really good at solving it, it wouldn't be, you know? Yeah. But ultimately, I think that what we have to recognize, and, like, this is the problem, is that as long as we believe, oh, gosh, this is the theme to everything. As long as we believe that the other person is in good, coming in good faith. Yes. And is truly, and we trust them when they say what they're feeling and thinking, and we believe them, and we're we're reasonable about it, then we should be fine, right? We don't yes. have to agree. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. And I think part of the strategy, part of the tool belt that you use for that kind of discussion is um, acknowledging that because when you acknowledge, hey, like I'm thinking about a situation in my, in my, my marriage where I am often in, in a position where I have to spend time with people that are not maybe my favorite. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Caitlin will just like walk into that conversation like, oh, this isn't it great. This is going to be happening. And yeah. and that's not fair. They're not, it's not that they're not my favorite. It's just like people that um, 
are that that it, it take a little more take effort more energy. to be around. It take more spoons. Exactly. It, exactly. And it's and you might even really like it. Like I truly deeply madly love spending time with my mother. She takes a yes. lot of spoons from me. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. So like yeah. when Caitlin knows that conversation is coming up, one of our we've had a chronic fight about that because something sometimes she doesn't want to think about how um how because it's it because when things are stressful for me and she's putting me that in a she feels like she's putting me in a stressful situation. She wants everything to be okay, so she'll address the, the subject like it's going to be totally fine. And we've learned that that's not the way to address it. You need to come into the conversation saying, hey, this situation is coming up. We're going to be hanging out. You know, there's this section of time that's going to need to belong to some people that require more spoons. And, uh, and like, kind of addressing it rather than being like, oh, isn't it so great? Like, this is going to be awesome. Because it might be great and it might be awesome. But I'm going to need like time to mentally prepare to get there. Mm-hmm. So it's all about like how you how you put the trimmings on that conversation. Yep, yep. And that to me is like a unfortunately, but as long as and this kind of goes into our topic for today, um as long as you're patient about it and as long as you have a good a, a right mindset about it, it it's okay that it takes a really long time to figure it out. It's kind of like whack-a-mole, figuring out how to do all of these things. Yes. You don't know. There's a bajillion different ways to have a conversation or to approach an issue, and you can do the best you can following general communication guidelines, but you can be married to somebody for an entire lifetime and only get somewhat better at figuring out the right way to talk to them. You yeah, know? Okay. yeah, and absolutely. so it's okay to to make mistakes and fuck up and screw up and like, you know. And sometimes like, and this is, this is one of those pieces of advice that you have to take in the context that it's being shared. But I know that my, something that my parents have shared and they've been married forever. um, is just that you kind of learn what conversations are worth having and which aren't. And didn't we share research about how as the longer that you're married, you soften to each other and um, arguments, you instead of like getting into a thing about it, it's more like an oh boy, like of course you're gonna do this thing yeah. rather than fighting about it. And there's more what I yeah, I think that sounds like stuff that we talked about yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I remember t- I remember hearing about that. That sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listeners, write in. Yeah. Did we talk about this before? <laughs> yeah, let us know. Keep yeah. track for us. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I think that's that's it. And yeah, it, the, the, there, it's not like there's a right and a wrong here. One of you isn't in the right. One of you isn't in the wrong. Yeah, I know. This that. is about yeah, and this is about just trying to figure out how to navigate a space that. In, in which you guys can both come out with what you need. Yeah. It's so frustrating sometimes when I feel like I know in my heart that, like, both of us would understand each other's perspectives if we could only speak each other's languages. Yes. You know? Yeah. And like, well, that's the goal that of the next 60 so years, hard. right? I know. See, that's, yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm not angry at him for his perspective. I, I trust that he has a valid perspective. I'm frustrated that I do not know how to communicate so right. that we can uh, see eye to eye. And because this is a recurring issue. You well, know, yeah. it's like, it's like we have never frustrating. Been to, but the other th- reason that it's recurring is because things change over time, right? Like it's, again, with the whack-a-mole thing, like this time, two two years ago, it very well could have been that I was being avoidant and awful and hate, hateful to people. Today, Whack-a-mole? it's real... You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, you know what I, like, have you never heard somebody use that phrase? Like, it's like whack-a-mole, like you're always chasing the thing, you're trying to figure it out, like, and then you can't figure it out because the target is always changing. 
That's what I mean. Like the target is always changing. I can, see. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I yes. I That's don't know okay. Why I was, maybe I was, maybe <laughs> I was mixing challenge. my metaphors. What I, I'm no, it my makes metaphors. complete sense. I think this was a yeah. A yeah. The listener. target is changing. Is what I mean. That I is, see. Uh, it's t- this weekend. It's not it's like the meeting. staircases at Hogwarts. Yes, there you we never go. know which way to go because they're always changing. There's a metaphor Lauren understands. <laughs> don't go with arcade game metaphors, people. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm not that cool. I don't understand that stuff. <laughs> well, speaking of how relationships develop, why don't we jump into our uh, topic for yes, today? Yes, let's. Yeah, which is following up on last week's topic about weddings, um, which was more mm-hmm. of just us like. Um, looking back, like, with rose-colored glasses on a particularly happy time in our lives. But today we're going to talk about um, honeymoon, the honeymoon period. Uh, not to be and confused also, with honeymoons, but... Right. And also how to deal with that, the section, that happy day of our life, even when there's things that didn't go, or that were surprising or painful or challenging. Yes. Yes. That's so, true. That is I like also to give ourselves a little about. bit of nuance. <laughs> yes. And also that. Um, yeah, so we're talking about the honeymoon period today. Um, so we are, the honeymoon period is distinct from the honeymoon, which is the um, little vacation that people traditionally go on after they get married, which by the way, even though this episode is not about honeymoons, um, I have a little like history about honeymoons, if you want yeah, to know that. Yeah, okay. I do. So I don't know how true this is, but this is what my mom told me and it makes complete sense. That back. I trust Ryan. Yeah, that the or the, me too. She's wise. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. she doesn't know where her information comes from, but it's almost always right. So, <laughs> back in the day, um, before it was common for people to cohabitate and be in really, um, you know, life sharey life partner type relationships before actually getting married, uh-huh. ho- the honeymoon developed as a period of time, a week to two weeks where people would spend intensely together, like in one room to try to get to know each other and to enjoy each other like sexual. And again, this is a mm. time before people were supposedly having sex. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly like th- as if there was ever a time where people weren't having premarital sex, but <laughs> yeah. So it was supposed to be a time where a really intense time to get to know each other. Um, and so, anyway, that's kind of the... And now, relationships look really, really different, but um, the tradition persists. So, that's the history. That is that very interesting? interesting. Doesn't that make sense? Why, why the term honey, do you, do you know? And if not, let's let's uh, pontificate, or let's... Uh, let's let's um, pr- what's, what's the word I mean? Hypothesize. Hypothesize. Yeah. Um, so, moon has to have something to do with the the time off or the vacation, right? But honey seems to be about the, like, your honey, your sweetheart. Yeah. You're, so that moon... Do, do you think moon has something to do with the time? Yeah, like that's the, what I mean. Like, a week off. Like, the amount of, like, taking a... Oh, I, fa- I figured it out. Okay, you want me to read it to you? Oh, man, I was gonna... Okay, yes. Yeah, oh, well, I can, I can not. I mean, I'm a self-spoiler. You know this. This is Mark's biggest complaint about me. I love to <laughs> read things ahead. Do you want to know or no? Yes, I do want to know. Okay. So, uh, the word derives from Old English honeymoon. <laughs> Honey <laughs> refers to the new marriage's sweetness, as well as a reference to uh, the custom of giving newlyweds mead, which is um, a liquor made from honey. Yeah, Moon. Yeah refers to how long that sweetness might probably last or from the changing aspect of the moon. So the idea is that it's a, it's a sweet, it's like a month of sweetness after, after a marriage. I love that. Me too. So actually though, very happy. 
Yeah, yeah. So even if we don't, like, the honeymoon, I guess, going on a vacation has nothing to do with the the phrase of it then. But, yes, um, right. Yeah. So we don't go on, like, the vacation now has nothing to do with getting to, well, at least for you and me, it had nothing to do with getting to know our partners, just everything to do with, like, the tradition, even though we definitely had, I had a honeymoon period, although it happened before I got married. <laughs> Yeah. What about you and Caitlin? Like, how would you, I have a definition of honeymoon period. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'll go ahead and do that. So it's the period of time in the beginning of a relationship, which is estimated to be anywhere from six months to that, like it lasts anywhere from six months into the relationship to two and a half years into the relationship. Yeah. So two and a half years seems a little long to me, but there's actually a scientific study on that. So um, at at least one like research study on that, that, Two and a half years was where they put their honeymoon limit. Um, Two and a half years of relationship or marriage, or does it denote a specific... Well, in this particular study, they did post-marriage. Now, I... So, it's generally whenever the honeymoon period is, is generally the beginning of the relationship. But in this particular study, they did into marriage. Okay. but it's during the period of time where there's intense emotions. Um, and so, the, like, there's a lot going on with the emotions, which means that accompanying with that is a lot of physical stuff going on. So, like, butterflies, the heart racing, obviously a lot of sexual arousal. So what's actually happening um, from, like, a scientific perspective, so you know that you experience, like, butterflies and stuff like that. You felt had that physical experience, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so that's an actual physical experience that's happening. So you know that there's something biological occurring. What's happening in the beginning of the relationship is that our brains are creating a lot of something called nerve growth factor, which is a protein that aids in the development of of brain cells or neurons. Mm. So what's what's happening is actually we're we're attaching to our partner, right? We're developing a, a neurological attachment and our, our brains are changing um, and we're selecting that person as our partner. Now, wow. a side effect. Yeah. Isn't that cool? So that's mm-hmm. a side effect of, of that nerve growth factor, um, which wanes after a year to two and a half years. But a side effect of that are feelings of euphoria and connectedness. So <laughs> that's why we have those feelings and those physical symptoms that it comes from that nerve growth factor protein. Isn't that interesting? That's really interesting. Yeah. It's so neat. You know, I think it's been a, a lifelong process and this is one of our goals. Um, Caitlin has like a very steadfast interest in in the sciences and I have very steadfast interest in the arts and we both are kind of well I'm more interested in the sciences than Caitlin is in the arts but brains chemistry and and, uh, in psychology Mm -hmm. and brains impact on psychology which is all of it um is something that that's like a real crossroads for us and I've been looking like actively looking to try to find something some kind of a podcast or something that we can do together to learn about these things because this is so cool mm-hmm. like that you think about your brain as like a separate organ but actually it's like such an integral part it's everything it's all of you uh you know and I am like I'm looking right now as you're talking in my bag for my work notes because I'm doing this um continuing ed course right now on mindfulness uh, and cool. yeah and what he's talking about in the beginning of it is he's talking about attachment so I did not think that we were going to go here but you're the one who's interested in neuropsychology so, so here we go bring it on bring yeah. it on <laughs> so, Welcome to our the, neuropsychology podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do a lot. I'm really 
interested in neuros. It doesn't take the the path for me is I'm a therapist. I'm interested in mindfulness. If you're interested in mindfulness, you're learning about neuropsych. Like that's just how yeah, it goes. Right. So he's talking about in the beginning of it what's happening in our brains in the first couple of years of life. Where of course you know this as a teacher. Um, I think Mary Ainsworth and John Bowlby with attachment theory. I think mm-hmm. they were the ones. Yeah. So they already theorized this that the begin in the early years of our life we're learning how to attach and form relationships right Mm -hmm. but over you know the last in the 90s is when they really started to have this kind of neuroscience boom um we have started to learn that actually what's happening is that our brain doesn't actually make a ton of neurons until we're born it that's kind of the least developed um organ in our body or the least advanced organ in our body by the time we're born and then in the first two years of life we have explosive neural growth like explosive neural growth like 30 percent before your kid is five like 30%. All of it happens in the beginning. Yes. Uh And it's, so it's not just emotional. Like when we talk about attachment, a lot of times people think that it's like how kids are learning. They think about it as like behavioral theory or like taking care of our emotions or whatever, but it has nothing to do with that. It truly has to do with how our brains are learning. Like it is the psychology of how our relationships are forming. I'm sorry. 80%, not 30%. 80%. Jeez. 80%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what's happening is that whatever isn't used is kind of pruned away. They call it, I think, they think they call it neurological pruning. Whatever isn't used, right. it's a kind of a you use it or you lose it thing. So if you're not using the emotional connection, um, so, you know, soothing when I'm in, in um, pain neurons, you're going to lose those. Anyway, right. all of that is getting into... I was so excited when I was reading this research because I was like, holy shit, that's like the exact same thing that happens in the beginning of our lives. We're forming these attachments. What's what's happening is that our neurons, during the honeymoon period, our neurons are firing off like crazy and it feels good. We get high off of it. And so it's not just like, I think a lot of people say, oh, the honeymoon period is nice because people are like, maybe it's just my patients that say this, but people are hiding parts of themselves. And so like, you don't really know all of them. So they're faking it. Or like, I just think that there's misconceptions about what's going on there. And to know that it's just like really primal is so interesting to me. Yeah. That's fascinating. Also talking yeah. about neuro neuro pruning. This is uh, not related to honeymoon phase or adulthood, but it is related to the way that our brains do prune things. If you're watching I remember watching a documentary on Netflix and I think it's called the beginning of life, but I'm not positive. Anyway, they were talking about the way that babies move so spastically and they're always like jerking. And it's because your the baby's brain is saying things like, oh, I want to move my arm, but the neurological pathways have not been smoothed out yet. So wow. the, the, your brain says, I want to move my left arm, and the body's like, oops, accidentally kick, like, oops, I just, and it, like, it's all these like spastic moments, but, um, but as children mature and grow and develop, um, they start developing more and more like. That's all that fine motor control, all that gross motor control. And isn't that so cool? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what's happening in our relationship, and it's not to say that you're not in control of some of these choices, right? Like, just because I have the euphoria that's being released by these neurons connecting doesn't mean that I'm not able to still keep my eye out for red flags, you know? Right. Like, that. that's not a part of that in the, in but the honeymoon But you have period. to be in aware, awareness of it because it's a danger. I think. But yeah, you do have to be aware because it is a danger. Because I think you can get get lulled by it, mm-hmm. um, which is to say that when they did this study, um, 
and I'll just say this now that I was maybe thinking that this like would fit into another part of this conversation, but when they did this study, they figured out that the vast majority of people that they surveyed, and this was like over, over 300 people, um, like something like 80% of the people experienced very little to none, like none to very little decline in marital satisfaction within the first two and a half years of marriage. Most people were just as satisfied within the first two and a half years. The small percentage of people that did experience a sharp decline in satisfaction, so that was like 10 to 15% of people, Mm -hmm. there were predictive factors there, which were interpersonal violence and mental health issues. So just to make sure that I understand. So Mm -hmm. people, when they were rated their satisfaction with their marriages specifically, this is the Mm -hmm. marriage study, right? So after their first after the quote-unquote honeymoon period, which is what, two, the two and a half they years? Said, or They measured people um, from six months into two and a half years. So that's when they started surveying people. Okay, Six months All right. into two and a half. And so people, most people were still pretty happy after the honeymoon period, uh-huh. except for people with interpersonal violence is in their history or mental health issues. Yep. Yep. And that was about 10 to 15% of people. Those were the people that experienced a sharp decline. And those are the people that I might wonder if there was something else going on during the honeymoon period, right? That it wasn't just the euphoria masking that, or that it wasn't just like, it was that maybe there was something else going on, like, especially with interpersonal violence, Mm -hmm. that um, it wasn't maybe bad judgment. It was somebody maybe covering up those qualities of themselves or with mental health issues. It wasn't necessarily bad judgment. Maybe it was, they were, you know, um, they were experiencing a period of stability. And so when at the end of the honeymoon period, it's not like the feelings simmer down. It's like everything changes. You know what I mean? So whereas in a, in a, in the vast majority of relationships, the end of a honeymoon period isn't like all of a sudden things suck. It's more of a going from a fiery flame to a, you know, like a nice hearth with, yeah, like, like a you nice can sit on the couch. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. So what I'm saying is that ultimately the honeymoon period ending um, is less dramatic than it sounds. You know? Yeah, I like that. Did you? And that's true because. That? Um, yeah, in that I don't think that we had like a really, <laughs> interestingly, when you, when you asked me, like we were talking about this, you said, you know, did you guys have a honeymoon period in my life, in my mind, that's really life before grad school. Mm. And that, like it, that kind of brought about a lot of challenges for us, even just with our scheduling and everything, at, like being able to have time together and, and focus on our, um, relationship when there was this other like tertiary stress factor, um, yeah, so I think for us, we definitely had a honeymoon period in that we didn't have any conflict, I think, for a while. I remember the first thing, we started dating in October, and I remember the first, like, tough conversation we had was, was in, uh, I think, December. And mm-hmm. I remember being very scared to, to bring it up, because I was like, this is going to be our first, like, you know, tough conversation. And, and then I did that. And of course it went very well and yeah, you know, and things were fine. But I think the honeymoon period overall, we're still kind of living in it because to me it's like life before kids. It's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I guess there's a lot, there's a lot at play. that's not exactly honeymoonish. Right. right. Now, well, but. so the way that I think about it is our honeymoon period was the period of time where 
Um, there was still high novelty, right? Like, it wasn't that, it, like, where there were still things about Mark that I was, like, surprised to learn, right? Like, mm-hmm. and things that I was, like, excited to call you and tell you that I learned about him or, like, people to meet in his life, um, things to do together, experiences to have together. There was that novelty, and then there was also the, um, like, feeling of tiptoe, like, maybe kind of minimizing each other's flaws in some way, or maybe Mm tiptoeing around each other's flaws. So not ignoring them because of that euphoria, being drugged by that euphoria, but also, like, but, like, maybe minimizing them a little bit. But then over time, what ended up happening is that I, it shifted from that to more understanding him as a complex person, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, I also feel like, for me, if you pay attention to your partner and you're curious about them and attuned to them and aware of them, it's easy to continue to be excited by them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that's the key because, and I think like it doesn't have, you don't have to like keep things excited. I feel like it's such a trope that people have to like keep the mystery alive or keep things exciting. But like, there's nothing special Mark has to do to excite me. I just have, I have to pay attention. Yeah. Paying attention is so important. And you're always learning new things like, things popping out and mm-hmm. you know that exactly even just in conversation and that's one of the because he's also always changing not to not to take mark's side in this whole go spend time with people argument but one of the nice things about spending time with other people is that you see <laughs> your partner through the lens of this person's like social persona yeah. and i often hear caitlin say things in like a social group and i'll be like huh interesting like i didn't know that you know yeah 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 that also, is don't, really don't feel pressured to go spend time with people. I'm no, no, saying. no. I feel really, really secure in the fact that it's not right for me to, to go out tomorrow. So, okay, good. like, great. It's, <laughs> yeah, I feel great about that. But, yeah. you know, I, I agree that, like, if you are, that you can see people through the eyes of other people and that ultimately what it comes down to to me is ultimately, like, recognizing that the honeymoon period is really nice, but after that the love is a little bit of a different love and it's but it's no um it's like I think of Mark now as as like family in a way like yeah. the only way mm-hmm. that I can describe it's so cool to me how there's so many different types of love but like there is a the shift between pre-marriage and post-marriage to me is there is a family element to it but the sexual element's still there so I don't really know what that is <laughs> yeah yeah it's called yeah. marriage yeah, um, that's what marriage is when you want to bang your family. <laughs> I remember, so Caitlin, wait, uh-huh, wait. No, <laughs> you, you skimmed over the joke. Keep going, keep going, pretend no, it No, no, I didn't skim over, I just, uh. Pretend I it just, didn't happen. I just absorbed the, the full impact of that. So, pretend um, it didn't happen. <laughs> for anyone just joining us on this episode. <laughs> uh, okay, that's our new tagline. Okay, um. But I remember, so I remember Caitlin said to me in her wedding vows, um, and I'm going to butcher them, so I won't, I won't try, but the gist was that I am still the person that she, I'm the person that she, like, loves and wants to co, uh, co-parent with, and uh, that, you know, that I'm the person that she wants to, like, I'm her business partner, and that I'm still, like, all the, like, and that I'm still also, like, that girl, the cute whatever girl she had a crush on. And I think that's the amazing thing about marriage is that, the honeymoon phase for me, or like what I'm thinking of as sort of the preliminary relationship phase, doesn't doesn't need to last um, 
it doesn't need to last. It doesn't need to uh, be the whole relationship because it's still part of your relationship. I'm still yeah. looking at that same person I had that honeymoon phase with. Yeah, yeah. It's just that there's more of them now, right? Yes. And you don't lose that. But I also think that it's important, like, I really do see that, to me, it takes a certain amount of, like, um, inner work in both people to be able to get past that, right? Like, both people have to be doing work on their own and understanding that, like, I understand that Mark is a complex person and that things won't always be shiny and rosy because I'm a complex person who is not always shiny and rosy, you know? And I've, like, worked on forgiving myself for that, which makes it 8,000 times easier to forgive him for that. And the beautiful thing about sticking with someone is that you are sticking with that person like, and you, you're going to learn and absorb all of these nuances and intricacies that make them complex. And you're still doing that with the person. Like, I still get excited. Like, I some, I used to get excited when Caitlin texts me. Like, I, I get excited to see her. She came in tonight unexpectedly, and I felt genuinely, ha- like, kind of butterfly-filled. Me and, like, too! That, that's still there. Like, that I've still happened. I've been with Mark for six years, and I still get the feeling of, like, I cannot wait to see you. Yeah. I, like, I miss you when you're gone. When he texts me like a funny you. text message, it like melts my whole, melts my life. Especially because you and Caitlin text all the time and text really sweet things to each other. Me and Mark, like Mark will like text me directions barely. I'll text him, love you. And he'll like respond like you too, like two letters. And like, <laughs> so when he like sends me something funny, it like, oh my God. It like, I could cry. And I love yeah. that. Like I still have that. Like, that's still, I feel like that honeymoon starts just being, so there's, like, a piece of the relationship where I think it's, um, I don't want to be dismissive. So, fluffy is the wrong word, but I don't know another one. What, what, like, not shallow, but there's just, like, the one level. There's the one layer. And, like, there's, there's, that's what you're working with. It's superficial. And then, and then it's, like, that goes away, like, that takes a sidestep. It becomes, like, a smaller piece of the relationship because it's, there's so much more to be explored and having those tough conversations is the way that you figure out, wow, am I going to be able to do life with this person? Yeah. And when you're in the honeymoon phase, you don't know that. And you also, you also might not be having those conversations, right? This is, I meant to say this a little bit ago. This is what makes me so freaking happy that we do things differently now. And like that I lived with Mark before we got married and that I dated him seriously before we got married because I am so glad that I, we, waited until the honeymoon phase was dissipated or the flame had had settled some at to so that we could see each other clearly you know and it, it was through those clear eyes that we were able to make a sound decision and what if we were already married and then we could see each other clearly and it was a mistake you know i know and i still see that happen yeah i do too I do too i just heard about a couple that i you know i just heard about a couple that i know of where that happened and like they're young and I think it's okay people are people I think I am there's no reason why I didn't make that mistake it's just right wasn't my cards I think anybody could do that Absolutely. but it's I mean glad. a couple that is is separating now or yeah a couple that's separating now that yeah. like they after after getting married they kind of saw each other with different eyes I see yeah, yeah. and and I think that that like that could have happened to us, and I'm just grateful that that didn't. 
Absolutely. And, and I, I think, think it's because we spent a lot of time together before we got married. <laughs> right. And as you should. I, yeah. It's the biggest indicator of, where did I hear that? I don't know. I'm the opposite of Ryan. I don't know where my information, I do know where my information comes yeah. from. It's probably not right. But anyway, I, I heard somewhere that your choice in spouse is the biggest single factor in your long-term happiness. Mm. And that's, that's above career. That's above uh, finances. That's above everything else is who you're, who you're married to, who you're doing life with. And that Mm. it is the most important decision you can make and you should make it with clear eyes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's, that feels like such a, there's so much to be said about that. Like that feels like a lot of pressure and that puts a lot of responsibility on the other person for their happiness. Yeah. I feel like, but like, I think it does say, it rings true for me, but it's not about Mark is what's making me happy. It's about the quality of relationship and the person that I've chosen somebody who is committed to that same thing, you know? Yeah. And it's the quality of the relationship that makes me happy, you know? And I think for people who, so that's, I don't know, that, that, I don't want to come off as, you know, the, you know, Bridget Jones, where she, like, categorizes people as single people and then, like, the smug marrieds. Yes. So I don't want to come <laughs> off as, like, a smug married and be like, if you're in the honeymoon phase, just you wait. Because I literally hate that. I yeah. hate that when people are like, oh, you've been married, like, how long? Okay, just you wait. That's oh, it's so-, so dismissive. That, like, rides right up there with me with saying that, like, where's your husband tonight? Oh, he's babysitting the kids. Like, that's at the same oh, level Oh, yeah, it's the me. same level. I agree. Same that's ridiculous. Okay. So that is not what we're saying. But I do think for people who are in relationships or in marriages that are long-term, that are past their quote-unquote honeymoon phase, I think one of the things um, to, to consider is the idea of reflection. It's so important because there's a lot of things you can lose just by not it, – it reminds me of the, the episode that's on our cutting room floor where you talk about the origins of your relationships. And there are things that to us that seem sacred now that we're just little like – little places that we went when we were when we started dating like we had our first kiss in the Chinatown metro and I remember that so clearly because we talk about it because we revisit it and the lore of our origin the lore of that honeymoon phase is really really important to our long-term relationship yeah yeah that's such a good point we every snow day like think about putting a bunch of yinglings out in the snow because the first time we ever like spent a full day together we got snowed in and put a bunch of our yinglings out in the snow. And, like, yeah, we do the same thing. And that's <laughs> I love how, that. <laughs> yeah, and we started watching The Walking Dead together that day. And still to this day, like, I don't keep up with it anymore. But, like, it has some, like, I have warmth for it in my heart. Um, Wait, yeah, there's you know, a lot actually, of Caitlin and I started watching Orphan, Orphan Black together when we started dating. And that's, oh, really? it's funny that it just came back into our lives. We both kind of, we drifted away from it. Um for whatever reason, and then it just came back. And it was such a nice thing because not only is it a fantastic piece of television that I recommend strongly to everyone, although I did hear some feedback recently that I've been a little Orphan Black fanatic on the podcast. Um, So really, it is good TV. But also, I feel very connected to it because it reminds me of meeting my, my wife and meeting her and, like, knowing, finding out about her home, like, life and what she was doing. And she was watching it with her roommates at the time. And so I was like, well, let me watch and catch up to try to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hang with them. And, and, and yeah, I don't know. It just it holds a special place. All, all those little things become sacred to you. Yeah, exactly. As a couple. So I think it's all about your approach to it. It's about taking a realistic approach, seeing your person as, like, a complex person, um, 
making sure to make those memories and reflect back on them, but not to overvalue them. Because again, it's the same thing as what we were saying last week. Like your, my wedding was like one of the best days of my life, but it is certainly not the best part of my marriage by any stretch. I agree. The yeah. same thing with the honeymoon, like the honeymoon period is going to be one of the most beautiful memory. It's one of the most beautiful, memorable times in a relationship. And also it's not the, it's not the relationship. That's not what the relationships, even, it's not even close to what the relationship's about. You know? Yeah. I think specifically our honeymoon happened at a time where um, time, quality time, was at such a premium. The the overall, we went to um, uh, we went to Saint Lucia in the Caribbean, and it was honestly the best. Like it was beautiful. For we had a, an amazing time. Yeah, for our honeymoon, and we had an amazing time. And it was of course full of adventure and cool things and drinks in the pool and all that. But the thing that struck me more than anything was just the sheer volume of time. I'd never had, I think we were there like, I don't know, eight, nine days or something. So much time just to sit and talk to her and follow a lizard around the island. And just like, and in that time, we found ourselves kind of reflecting on the whole of our relationship, the step we'd just taken and and all of that. And I think that's, like, you don't have to go on a honeymoon to do that. Yeah. It's nice. It's really nice because we didn't have to do dishes or cook or grocery shop or even make our own drinks. Like, none of that, you know, it was really nice. Took yeah. all the pressure off of it. But yeah. But that, that, that kind of element of honeymoon that can live in your everyday, yeah. that's the key. Yeah. And I'm actually better at doing that in the everyday. I'm really not great. I'm terrible. You talk about taking the pressure off of it. Whew. Going on vacation is putting the pressure on for me i am not good on a honeymoon yeah yeah <laughs> leave me at home <laughs> i still think i still think you need to do another honeymoon i think so too a, i have grown yeah. considerably since that time and also also i now know how to better protect my energy now exactly learning how to communicate those needs with other people is a journey but i now know <laughs> when i vacation what i need to be a better person so yeah um, uh, so, the yeah, well, I'm curious about what you're recommending this week. Uh, I know that you feel like maybe your recommendations are like orphan black brisket, <laughs> orphan black brisket. Wait, one of mine's actually, one of mine <laughs> really is brisket. <laughs> you have actually recommended brisket in the past. It's in my notes. No, it's right now. I want to recommend it. <laughs> You've already recommended brisket before. No, the, before it was brisket in the breakfast burrito. <laughs> I recommend a specific brisket from Trader Joe's. They come pre-seasoned. Okay, I think the issue is, I here I have two I have two schools of thought on this. The first is that <laughs> I like schools of thought on brisket? No, on recommendations. I okay. feel like a lot of my recommendations, a lot of things that I'm actually really into are not things I think are like quality but they're more like a donut you know what I mean like they taste good in the moment and then you don't think about it again so like for example there's a show I've been wanting with Caitlin and I have some been... people are looking for those recommendations okay well then I, then let and so that was I my second too my second school of thought on this is that I need to stop being so ashamed of things that I know are like not quality so because I'm like if I'm recommending it then I need to like stand for every part of it and that's not true so here's what I'm going to recommend this week it's my actual recommendation there is a show on Lifetime 
um, that Caitlin and I have actually watched together in every home that we've ever lived in, which is kind of cute. And I, I don't know how it happened. I honestly don't. But it's called Married at First Sight. And it's about these people who there's like quote unquote experts and there's like a psychologist and like a pastor or whatever. And people take a survey basically and they get matched up together. And they the first time they meet is at the altar. Then they get married. And they um, are married for, well, it used to be six weeks now. I think it's eight. Um, and then at the end of the journey, and they obviously they, they're filmed, like it's like a reality show. Um, they're filmed until the end of the uh, the experiment. And at the end of the experiment, they decide, am I going to stay married to this person or am I going to get a divorce? And do they so, ever stay married? Yes, actually. There are a couple of the couples that we've been following that are like now like still married, have children, whatever. Like I would, I would say it's not a high percentage. I don't think it's. I I would definitely not say it's higher than fifty. It's probably maybe in the. 15 That's still to 30 way higher range. than I thought. Uh, no, I think it's like fifteen to thirty percent. I think of every season, of every other season, there's maybe one or two couples. So like out of every, there's usually three couples on a season. Although this season there's four. Hmm. Interesting. Although, here are my beefs with it. Can this I, is also. Can I make- well, this beefs? is a relevant. Re- you can make beefs, but I'm just pointing out that this is a really relevant recommendation. Given I know I've been sitting on it for a while because it's not like oh, it's not quality television. I have a lot of issues with reality TV. Okay, drop your shame HGTV. about needing to be needing to like. Well, there's what also like it, some... what do the conservatives say that we do virtue signal to the other people with good... <laughs> stop virtue signaling to other people with good right. taste. Good, good point. However, there are some things that like don't don't jive with my morals. The first is they've never okay. done. I've never seen a queer marriage I've never seen an interracial marriage ah. so it's very much like uh I'll, I'll, I don't know what to call it, like a, a traditional yeah um, old school like bullshit yeah. so that's that's a problem um and so that's like that's not great um there's a lot of like the reality tv show editing that just really bothers me the, you, you spend an hour watching an episode and there's maybe like 35 minutes of content, you know? Oh my god, there's so much padding and so many I honestly shows. wish there was an option to watch it, like, at third, like, ha- cut it in half and cut out all the bullshit. I will still watch it. I will still watch you, give you your ad money. But I just don't want to watch all the, like, the bullshit of the the music yeah. and all that stuff. So, anyway. Yeah. That's my, that's my half-hearted recommendation, <laughs> and you can do it while you eat some brisket. Drop your shame, pick up the brisket, move along. <laughs> What are you recommending this week? I am passionate about my recommendation. All right, fine. Good for you. This may be my most emphatic recommendation I have made on the podcast, and I make, I feel strongly about most of my recommendations. I am recommending the new show on Hulu. Yeah. (laughs) I, I too love brisket, Lauren. (laughs) Um, I am, do you have Hulu? Yes. Praise God, because... Thank you, you Lizzie and Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you don't, but you have friends, which is important. Um, this is why, you guys, social connections, social capital, very importante. So I am recommending the Hulu show Pen15. Oh, I just saw that pop up. Okay. It is about two girls in the seventh grade in the year 2001, which happens to be when you were in the seventh grade, mm-hmm. Lauren. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it is, the two girls are played by adult women who are, like, small and they, like, look like middle schoolers in the show. But all the other characters on the show are played by actual middle school kids. And it oh is God. from the perspective of the middle schoolers. And it's got a very, like, broad city type humor. And it is the most 
amazing thing I have ever seen. I have never seen something. I've It brought me back in the most visceral way. Every single episode was, like, taken straight from my experience in seventh grade. Like, down to the soundtrack, because it's, I was in seventh grade when that was, when that was happening. So, so good. And the episodes are only 30 minutes long. We had a snow day the other day. I watched all 10 episodes in a row. I'm Oh, I am good. Okay, I am gonna watch this. Every single, I like, shout out if if my friend Allie in Ecuador is still listening. Girl, I thought about you every freaking second of that show. Like, every single episode, Allie and I had that experience together. If she is not listening, you're definitely gonna know, because she's never gonna bring this up. (laughs) I know, that's true! That's true! But she was my very closest friend in 6th and 7th grade, and so when you are watching that episode, or any of those episodes, just imagine me. Like, there's an episode, can I just, like, give you a couple of, like, the general plot lines? Or, like, a couple of the, the interesting plot points. There's one entire episode about um, a thong and how they wearing the thong <laughs> makes them feel like they could stop oh my god the do hall, you the do you remember the buying your first thong because i do 100%. are you kidding me i like what it what makes it even better is that they have another experience which i also like they steal the thong from the popular girl and like are debating about whether or not to give it back and like it's so funny i do remember <laughs> my first like thong experience and I had to hide it from my mom because she would have, like, lost her mind if she knew that I, I thought I had to hide it from my mom, which my mom definitely listens. And I'm sure my mom did not care at all. <laughs> but I remember going to the – and I don't think any of these Making people listen, effort. unfortunately. But I'm still super close with one of the people who, with whom I bought my first thong. And we felt – we went to Victoria's Secret. Scandalous. It was so – oh, my God, so scandalous. I probably was in seventh grade. Yeah. We, like, got dropped off at the mall, and I was like, ooh, I was, oh. you know. Oh, yeah. And I think it was, like, a deal. There was, like, a three for 25. I don't know. Whatever the, the thing was, and I was like, I'm doing it. Exactly, right. And then you feel weird, like, purchasing it, like someone's going to call your mom when you pr- walk it up there. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't do my own laundry, so, like, she was obviously going to find out. <laughs> yeah. Or you had to wash it in the sink and, like, lay it under your bed and dry it. Yeah, Just right? Wait. And, like, <laughs> and I'm sure my mom's out there, like, I literally don't care about your underwear. I do Yeah, not. <laughs> I don't care. Never did. Also, I knew that this is what you were doing developmentally. Right. Because, you're not that, you're not yeah, that sneaky. I, I, I expect this from you. <laughs> um, another funny thing that happens in the show is that... That she is, and this is what specifically made me think of Allie. What the two girls are sitting down at the computer creating their aim screen names, and they're doing it one by one. Like one of them is creating it, and then adding people and like chatting for a little bit, and then the other oh one's God. like, "Okay, it's my turn," and then like takes it, and they like log each other. So they're fighting about who gets to be on aim, at, like, and they keep logging in and logging each other out for like every five or ten minutes. Oh and my Allie God! And I used to sit there and do that for hours, just like pass the keyboard back and forth and do it <laughs> every it's all so so good like, oh I, i'm so excited to watch this it do is one think, of my favorite shows i know you don't know caitlin's tv tastes is it is it like plot driven or is it more character driven um it's it's character i think it's more character driven but for me well it's a comedy so it's humor driven in some ways but for me it's the, what the driving force in it is is like the fact that I relate to it on such a deep level, and Caitlin might too. But also, I have no clue what kind of a seventh grader no, Caitlin was. She was a very special little snowflake. She didn't I have aim you, or MySpace. Yeah, so I was she probably say, I would bet not. You she would not. Yeah, like so I gotta I, watch this on my own. Solo. Yes, you have to watch this on your own solo. But it is. It's everything good about like the humor of Broad City. It's not as vulgar. It has like an in. It's like. I would say that Pen15 is to 
broad city as Parks and Recreation is to the office. It's like a okay. little tamer and sweeter. It's really right. so people are fun. more lovable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the people yes, the people are more lovable and also the plot lines are literally my entire childhood. So Okay, cool. So good. I cannot wait. And I know that our listeners, if they have not like truly, if you are listening to our podcast and you don't have Hulu, like get the free trial and watch it this week because I know that you will love the show. It's so good. That's my Yeah, opinion. right? Okay. Excellent. I wanted to record this entire podcast just to tell people to watch that show. <laughs> She's like don't even worry about the honeymoon stuff. That yeah, that's I'm in secondary. a honeymoon phase with Pen Fifteen. Maybe I'll rewatch and tell you how I feel after that. But you know, Pen Fifteen <laughs> is penis, right? Girl, I was in seventh grade the same time you were. Okay, okay. Mark Just because know. I didn't marry he, Mark didn't know. I was like, you were a boy. Mark was like, I was a good kid. Oh, yeah, we watched. Sure, you. Well, were I think that, I feel like that was more girl, and this not to be completely gender whatever but I do think that like I used to write pen 15 with my friend my girlfriends because we felt so like you know after you go to your family life class and you're looking at everyone like are you menstruating right now oh yeah (laughs) like you feel like people can tell that like you definitely have not gotten your period oh yeah oh yeah for sure yeah this is also this is not my other favorite show about puberty which is big mouth um which also had a valentine's day special and that was really really good i do not have you tried to watch big mouth no because it's a cartoon i oh yes that's right it's a cartoon and also i do not know if you would like the humor it is bordering on it's crass in a way that i think you would not like Gotcha. Yeah. So, but Pen15. Also, I don't, just for for the listener who may not know, I do not, I don't have a, um, I don't think that cartoons are like less than. I just personally don't connect them to them because, because to me, it makes me feel like it's work because I work with kids. And so, like, oh, if it's a cartoon. Even when I was a kid, I didn't like cartoons. Same thing with Mark. What am I doing? I'm, I'm, um, what's the thing the conservatives say I'm doing? Um, Sending out signals. Virtue signaling. I'm virtue signaling. Yeah, it's such a dismissive way to say I'm doing my best to be a good person. Okay, <laughs> on that note. Make you feel comfortable. Anyway, yeah. you want to do our best to make you feel that's comfortable. A, yeah, that's such a dismissive way of saying I'm being hospitable to you. Yeah, right? Oh Find us God. on Instagram at, at How Do I Spouse or on Twitter uh, at, at How Do I Spouse. Send us an email at, at How Do I Spouse at gmail.com. Yep. Except you know not at because emails. you don't at in emails. Yeah, I know no, that because I really how hit. do I spouse at gmail.com? How do I spouse it? Or just like text one of us because you probably know us. us. Yeah. <laughs> Send us a voice memo. Send us a Snapchat. We've had many a contact via Carrier Pigeon. Yeah, we are wildly popular with Carrier Pigeons. Oh, we are. Okay, well, I think we spouse, Lauren. We did it. All right, I think we did it. All right, Uh, love you. Love you.